One out of three people in prison will accept a message like this. I'm a roughneck from Alice, Texas. I got no business doing this, except God wanted it done, and he used me to do it, living his life through me. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and the man you'll meet today started life in the oil fields, but has developed a heart for prison evangelism. You'll hear David Howell's story in just a moment. These weekly interviews are made possible by the Far East Broadcasting Company because telling the stories of God at work in the world encourage all of us in our faith. They give us courage to live for Christ and carry on the gospel message ourselves. FEBC has many stories to tell, and you can support its broadcast ministry to millions. Learn more of what you can do to help FEBC at firstpersoninterview.com. And at the same website, you'll find the schedule of upcoming programs and an archive of past interviews to listen to at your convenience. David Howell began working as a 14-year-old roughneck in the oil fields of Texas. As you'll hear, he led a hard scrabble life until he met and accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior and guide. Because of Christ, he's a far different man than he once was. To begin the conversation, I asked David to start at the beginning and describe himself. Huh. David Howell, an old oil field guy. I'm from uh, oil field town, oil and cattle town in South Texas. And uh, I just grew up uh, in a hellish way, hard living, hard drinking, uh, hard sinning, and did that all my life and, and, uh, and, and ran out of steam about uh, uh, late 30s. And, and, uh, and I said, Where, where's the rest of this deal? The fortunate thing was I wasn't dead yet. And I hadn't uh, demolished myself or destructed myself as it seemed to have been my intention all those years and didn't drink myself to death. And uh, I, I, I came to a point where I, I said, this has got to stop. I, I haven't accomplished anything I ever thought that I was going to do by this point in my life. And uh, so, uh, you know, what can I do? And, and one of the things that happened, I had a, my wife got, was pregnant with, a, with my daughter. And up to that point, I, ha, I had wanted no point part of a family or children. I said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have time for all that. I've, I have to build my empire. And uh, my empire didn't exist. And I had failed at all that. But here was, uh, here I was, hard drinking guy and, and, uh, and my wife was, was pregnant and I was thinking I need to possibly look at myself and maybe make some changes or else this little girl will grow up in an alcoholic family and, mm. and that wouldn't be very good. And she'll be in treatment by the time she's in her twenties. So, uh, all that kind of was a catalyst, uh, to make me want to change my life. And, and I got into AA uh, and Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and, and I was there for, you know, in and out for two, three years uh, while I was fighting uh, about who was in total control and who wasn't. And, and finally, after about three years of in and out of AA at 41, I finally surrendered to AA. I learned those principles about surrendered. I surrendered to Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and I became Mr. AA, and, and drinking was behind me, and and I started, uh, I, I did everything. I was Mr. AA. I did all the right things, and I did that so well for a couple of years. I said, you know, 
I'm pretty good at this, and I'm so good that I probably could drink again. I could mm. probably manage that if I wanted to, and maybe wine or something, and that would be okay. And it was about that time that God, in the form of Jesus Christ, sat down beside me, just like you and I are talking, and he said, you know, uh, in, in no uncertain terms, he said, you know, I've got other plans for you, and I can't do, I can't live my life through you if you're drunk. Hmm. And I, 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 uh, I just need you to know that. And it was so clear and, and, and precise and concise the way he talked to me that I took heed. And I had never had a conversation with God in my life and uh, and I didn't even know him. Uh, a, a lot of events took place about, uh, I think, a, a very short time. My wife came home, and she was saved and told me that she was going to be joining the church. And we were in Anchorage, Alaska. And so I said, you know, it seems to be all be coming together. I, I went down to a Christian bookstore, and, and I had known Chuck Colson in— in in uh, in in Nixon in the Nixon administration, I'd worked in Washington about that time, and I knew of him really, uh, and and uh, I knew that he was a smart guy and and a tough guy. He had become a Christian, and so I picked up his book Born Again, and in that he he's quoting C.S. Lewis, and in the book of, of Mere Christianity, Mere Christianity, that was it, and and uh, uh, and he and he quotes. Jesus is saying, one of the scriptures is saying, I and the Father are one. So I'm, I'm looking at Colson saying, huh, that means that Jesus is God. I believe in God because I, I know that man can't make the clouds in the sky. So, so if Jesus is God, then I can be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he said, intellectually, I became a Christian at that moment. So I'm reading that account, and intellectually, I became a Christian at that point <laughs> as I read his account. And I went down to a, a Baptist church in Anchorage, Alaska, and formalized it. And and then formalized it again with a televangelist praying in front of the TV set, and and then I walked the aisle about three or four times again, uh, uh, accepting Christ because I just couldn't believe the forgiveness uh, factor, and until it was pounded into me that I really was forgiven, and I said, you know, I'm going to accept this forgiveness business, and until somebody sometime shows me that's not true. And, and, and that's been 30 something years ago. And, and I know I'm forgiven and I praise God and, and I've never looked back and never drank again. And, uh, I've been active in my church and, and, uh, been a churchman and, uh, that's, uh, and I've been practicing Christ and, and, uh, practicing trust in him and loving him. And, <laughs> and, and that's been, uh, that's how I came to know Jesus Christ, Wayne. Well, that is a powerful testimony. I, I tell you, I never tire hearing those stories of how Christ redeems a life that is headed the wrong direction. You came from those tough oil fields, and uh, life was, I would imagine, was pretty hard. And uh, I was a drunk for 28 years. Oh, boy. Wow. So 30 years ago, Christ came into your life, but there's a calling. Christ always calls us to something, doesn't he, once we come to him. what What is your calling, David? You know, we're all called to be evangelists, but he gave me a kind of a heavy dose of it and, uh, and, and as, a, as a gift, and I have been on that bent 
from from the very beginning. Hmm. And it's interesting. Most people, when when they come to Christ, they uh, uh, they're excited and they want to tell everybody about it. And there's just a window there of 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 a short time when they are so excited that they want to go out and tell the world and everybody and convert everybody. And then somehow, many times, that door closes, and we just want to go in and be with other people like us, other Christians, and just nurture and learn and study the Bible. And if, if that window, if we kept that window open longer, then I, I believe that a lot more people would come to Christ. Mm. But uh, uh, we just uh, we kind of get back into ourselves a little bit and kind of want to nurture and study and and that's wonderful too. But uh, but but I I couldn't get enough of it and and I just kept on. I started I, I I wanted to learn all I could about spreading the word and I would I remember around Anchorage, Alaska, I would crash uh, uh, these Baptist evangelism conferences or. Uh, I, I crash preachers' conferences. I would just walk in. I said, "Well, if 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 uh, if they don't want me here, somebody's going to kick me out." Nobody ever <laughs> kicked me out of those things, and uh, so I got got to listen to the word, and I, and I just went to everywhere, I every place I could, and you soaked it up, to the didn't word you? Of God, yeah. So personal witnessing became uh, a, a, a very important part of your life. Um, why didn't you get discouraged right from the start? I don't know. I I maybe uh, I. I don't know. I think it, the reason. I think it was my audience. I went to AA a lot, and it they're kind of looking for things spiritual around Alcoholics Anonymous, but more than anything, it, people that have come to the end of self and are saying, you know, drinking has gotten me nowhere except jail or sitting in an AA meeting or wherever I am, and it's a very good area for me uh, to witness in. And, and so I was always encouraged. I had good success there. And, and uh, so it was, it was very encouraging for me to, to, to hang around those people where, and, and I talked the talk. I knew how to, they were, they were my group and I had been there and I knew how to talk it. And, and so I was, I was successful. So if you're successful in something, Wayne, uh, you, it, you, you're encouraged to continue with it and do more of it. We'll continue talking with David Howell and his passion for prison evangelism and discipleship on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. We've produced a number of storytelling videos of God at work in the lives of FEBC listeners living in difficult circumstances. To see these videos and to be encouraged in God's Word, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and sign up for our 30-day online devotional. It's easy and there's no obligation. You will love seeing and hearing stories of people's lives being saved through the gospel message. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is David Howell. David is in Houston, Texas, visiting with us today from the studios of The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. And again, thanks to the church for providing the studio for this conversation, David. Um, we've heard your testimony. You mentioned Chuck Colson. So I guess uh, knowing that part of the story, I'm not surprised that the Lord led you into prison evangelism. Let, let's talk about this significant ministry that you have now. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is that uh, all I'd, I'd known Chuck Colson 
but it didn't give me any great love for prison evangelism. But as a new Christian, about that time I came to Christ, and and so I was into every ministry that I could find. Uh, hospital ministry, I'd do, you know, anything. I went to every Bible study or uh, evangelism course, or I, I just wanted to do everything in Christian life. And so one of those times, uh, there was a, a prison, uh, uh, it was one of Colson's deals, uh, the uh, prison fellowship, and I and I went up to a prison in uh, in Texas and uh, for a three-day indoctrination and and uh, certification course, and and I went up to that thinking this I'll go get into prison ministry, and I was there for three days, and I walked away from there. I said, "Man, this is not for me. I don't want any part of this," and and I stayed away from it for for a while, and then as time went by, I had kind of an experience when I came to Christ. It was very strong. I I I. Uh, uh, I'd kind of started slipping back into my old ways a little bit, and 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 when I did, I uh, my sponsor, who happened to be Jim Deloach, <laughs> a, a, a senior pastor here at Second Baptist, uh, uh, I, I called him and and uh, he told me he said, you know, you need to just uh, ask forgiveness, and 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 uh, so I I just took I heeded his words and and I and I and I started praying. And asking forgiveness, and I did. I I saw a vision of of Christ as we know Him. And at first, it was a light, and the light came closer and closer. And when it came very close, that I could see the Jesus that we understand, the visualization of Him that we understand. And He was on this really crooked, uh, looked like a South Texas mesquite tree, huh. and and just writhing in agony. And I was asking for forgiveness, and. And he was writhing in agony, and blood was coming from every pore in his skin. Mm-hmm. And and I realized that I was sort of in concert with him. And and that went on for a while. And and later I called this pastor Jim Deloach. I said, you know, uh, I said, I Jim, I want to tell you something. I, I I did what you did, and I told me to do, and I prayed. And I said. I want to tell you, I understand the blood. I understand the blood. I never understood the blood. And and he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, the blood on the transkin, the blood on the cross, the blood washing away. I never really quite understood that. But until I saw Jesus crucified and the blood coming from him, and I realized that it was not physical agony that it was suffering, but emotional agony. And, 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 I, was, and I was with him. And that was when he said, he quoted, my old self has been crucified with Christ, and I no longer, it, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, became the basis. And I realized my identity with Christ, and I realized that I understood that verse that, that that's when the old self dies. When you when you accept Christ and you pray for Him to come into your life, He does, and and then that's when you get eternal life, and that's when you are then transferred to the cross, and you go back. Eternal life is forever in the future and forever in the past, and and so that allows you to go back two thousand years and be crucified with Him, and that's what happened, and yeah. that's what happens to all of us. But it it, it came home to me. And I realized that the old self died, and 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 I wanted 
later in life, as, as I matured as a Christian, I wanted to figure out a way to pass that on because it had meant so much, and, it, and, and I had never looked back, and I, I went through all the troubles that anybody goes through in, in life, but I never turned my back on Jesus. And I, 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 I always kept this wonderful faith that I have, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I wanted to be able to share that. So, uh, I, uh, I I started making witnessing to people and uh, in, in, in around wherever I was and 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 I'd draw pictures little stick men and try to indicate and show them what I had what had happened and how it came to me and what happens to people when they accept Christ and and the crucifixion of Christ and the co-burial and co-crucifixion and and all that and 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 the gospel story. So David, I got a fast fo- I've got a fast forward here, but that led to these books that you are using in prison ministry now. Tell me about these books. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. I I was writing all these uh doing these stick men and drawing pictures, so I said I've got to have something I can leave with these people. So I hired an artist and 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 had a lot of illustrations done, uh, uh, and 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 did this book, and I wanted it. I'd been using for many years uh, these small little pamphlets that fit in your shirt pocket to uh, to witness with, and and I, I I I didn't feel like they told the whole story, and and because it was such a momentous time when you accept Christ, you need to know all you can know. So that's how we came to to write this little book or compile, I'll say, this little book called How to Be a, a Child of God, and and I uh, I had a I, I did about five prototypes, and I gave one uh, to a friend to to uh, uh, to edit. And she sent it up to a guy in prison ministry, uh, and he called me about three days later. He said, man, I just saw this. He said, you've got to get 100 of these into every prison in Texas immediately. Hmm. And I counted that up there, 114 prisons. My first printing was 15,000, and that's exactly what I did. I I put 100 into every prison in Texas, and the the response just overwhelmed me. And that's how I got into prison ministry. Why is there such a uh, response like that in prisons to this book? How do you attribute that? Because of the way I did it, I I was 41 years old when I came to Christ. I had not been raised in the church. I didn't know all the church terms, and all I knew was what happened to me. And so I wanted to make it clear without all the all the terminology that they use and and I, I I did a lot of I wanted it concise so I did it with a lot of pictures uh, it wasn't to, to make it simple but it was just to make it more concise uh, so I wouldn't have to have so much gray matter and words on the page and and it's full color and a lot of pictures and big print and and that's the appeal because a lot of people in prison read on a sixth grade level for example and and uh, and just the pictures and the colorful illustrations are inviting. And I tell it pretty much pretty clearly and pretty simple in the way that they live and in the way that I live and or did live at that time. And and uh, I mean there's there's scripture references on the bottom and, and then all the all the Bible verses are expanded in the back. So so a man in a cell uh, can look at this and, and, and look at all the Bible verses in the back. He doesn't have to have a Bible. 
and he can look at this picture book, they call it. I, I had a guy wrote the other day, he said, you know, thanks for your book. He said, I, uh, I, uh, I don't understand the Bible, but I understand your picture book. Hmm. And uh, so at least if I can get them started into learning and understand the gospel, then 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 Jesus Christ is going to carry from then on. Right. So I have just a couple of minutes left, David. But uh, again, personalize this for me. Tell me a story or two real quickly of how God is using this book and your ministry, prison evangelism. What what difference is it making in these men and women, I assume, lives? I've got a I put a card in the back. And, and I sent 60,000 of these books out about a year ago into uh, prisons in nine states. And I've gotten about 1,000 of these cards back. I know the effectiveness is there because they write me and they say, this book changed my life. Uh, I, I, uh, would you send one to my daughter in Nashville? Mm. Uh, she needs to know Jesus. Uh, I and I I I get three or four or five of those cards every day, and and that is my daily devotional reading about those men. So I know that they're effective, and I know that if I can get enough into prisons, that that I uh, that 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 there there are third one out of three people in prison will accept a, a message like this. Go to a chapel meeting or, or read a track or something. Two thirds won't. But a third will. Now, that's 600,000 that are in this country in prison right now, long term, and they, they will, they're, they're willing to accept a message. So it's my job, it's our job to get that message to those who will accept it, who those who will hear it. And uh, I know that it's effective. And, you know, like I said, I'm not capable of doing this kind of stuff. I'm a roughneck from Alice, Texas. I got no business doing this except God wanted it done, and he used me to do it, living his life through me. And so that's that's what I'm doing. And, and uh, there, I've got a video of it. Someone could see that at, at, at our website, prisonevangelism.com. There's also an e-book there. Uh, you can read the ebook, the flip book, and see exactly what I'm saying. All the uh, and and watch a video and and uh, and get the message that way. It's free. You can pass it on to anyone, share it or email it to anybody. The video or the ebook, so uh, it's there for anyone. Well, David Howell's Gospel Guidebook is helping transform the lives of incarcerated men and women and reduce the numbers of those behind bars. How to Be a Child of God and other evangelistic and discipleship materials are designed to help prisoners find new purpose and power in life through a relationship with Jesus Christ. To learn more about all that David and those who work with him are doing, we'll place a link to his website at firstpersoninterview.com. Just follow that link for much more than we had time to discuss today. That's firstpersoninterview.com. And I invite you to like our Facebook page found at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. If you appreciated today's conversation, please take a moment to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company by visiting our website and clicking on the FEBC banner. Your support of FEBC and its gospel broadcast ministry in nearly 50 countries is much needed and appreciated. More at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.